guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Happy Wellness Wednesday. Today on the podcast, we have a deep discussion with professional model and wellness influencer Holly Owens, also known as Wealthy Belly on Instagram. Holly openly shares her personal journey in wellness and her experience living with chronic illnesses like Hashimoto's and Lyme disease. This leads us into a dialogue on her treatment journey that includes bee venom therapy. She also shares about her diet for optimal health and self-care practices. We are so grateful to Holly for sharing her story and hope you enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you have listened to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. Mm. I have used it consistently through the entire winter and it's the first year of my life that I did not contract one head cold or sinus infection. Um, It's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis so much too, especially as somebody who always got strep throat and throat infections. It has it has actually changed my life yeah. completely. But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA-grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed, and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to try the Propolis or Bee Chill Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code CourageousWellness, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash CourageousWellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. Thank you for joining us, Holly. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to chat with you today. So just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about your background, we know you are a model professionally and started in that world before you kind of created this platform in the wellness world. Um, so where did that sort of start for you? Like where did those things merge in your um, story? So I started modeling at 14. That's a very young age. Yeah. So being into wellness and fitness and eating right and everything was not yeah. my thing. Mm-hmm. So 
I grew up with a very standard American diet, um, never had any food issues, was very active. Every day I had, you know, dance or cheerleading or track or tennis. So I was always fit, just naturally. Um, but I was also super skinny, naturally. Mm -hmm. And that for me was like my own insecurity because I always had people thinking I had an eating disorder. So mm -hmm. I felt like I had something to prove. Mm -hmm. I would eat dinner with friends, parents that I knew probably thought like, she's so skinny. Like, mm. what is she doing? Right. Um, and I would <laughs> purposely eat like three plates of food Wow. to be like, look, I eat and then stay at the dinner table, like not leave to go to the restroom or not mm. make them think anything like, oh, she must have, wow. maybe, you know, gone and wow. maybe thrown up or something. Yeah. Um, and I remember asking my brother, he worked at GNC when he was in high school and I asked him to get me some sort of like weight gaining powder. Mm. So he like brought me back. I don't even know what it was, but it tasted so bad. And I, I lasted like two times. Oh and my goodness. It was just so bad and it wasn't working. My, my metabolism has always been fast. It's yeah, never yeah. been it's an like issue for me. Like that's what it was. But yeah. of course that came with my own insecurities. You know, the of grass course. is always greener. And right. Of course. Yeah. Um, Especially when you're so young. Too. Yeah. And all my friends were like, like, normal like in my mind what was yeah, normal yeah. I looked like a weird stick yeah that was just long and lanky and in <laughs> photos I'd be like why do I look like that like I wanted oh. brown eyes I had green <laughs> eyes because everyone else had brown eyes right. so you always want what you don't have um so I started modeling at 14 and then when I was 18 I moved to LA mm -hmm. and pursued it basically on my own mm -hmm. and I was in Australia for three months right after high school and I was eating my normal way and I noticed I started to gain weight mm. and I was like, oh, wait, what's happening? Yeah. This is so not like my body type. And um, I didn't work out once in three months mm. and coming from high school where I worked out every single day. So then I started to think, oh, whoa, okay, I'm aging so I need to probably work out now so then yeah. that's when I really started to dive into fitness for my own personal self and um I didn't start cooking for myself until I was probably 20 mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just simple chicken and veggie type, yeah. type, yeah. type stuff um so it was a very slow transition yeah. to where I'm at now it was never like a I'm gonna dive right in it started with kind of working out a little more. It started by cutting out in and out from my <laughs> diet that I had probably three times a week and mm. pizza multiple times a week. It started, I just started slowly cutting back on certain things and it kind of just evolved into this passion of mine mm. for fitness and educating people and trying out different types of like, I hate the word diet, but like ways of eating. Yeah. And... That's kind of where it where all started. I really dove into it probably four years ago when I started to get sick. So mm. okay, so yeah. can we can we go into that a little bit? Can you tell like for anybody that doesn't know what happened when when you started to feel ill and then like yeah. your diagnosis as well? So I've been living in LA for this is my ninth year, um, but four years ago I moved. I decided to move to New York. Mm. And 
I was there for probably seven months and all of a sudden it was overnight. My gut just changed. I couldn't eat my normal like pizza and fun desserts and yeah. they were causing me so much pain, like crying in fetal position, looking eight months pregnant, mm. not knowing what to do. And then the fatigue that happened. Yeah and the brain fog, and I lost a ton of weight, and also because I was scared of food, I didn't know what I could eat, because right. I was in pain from everything. Yeah. Lettuce, I was in pain. Yeah, wow. And I was just so confused, and I started to start like reading books and researching things, and um, it that happened in November, and it was probably like this January that all my issues started popping up. Mm. So it was overnight. Okay. Um, November, I now realized I had a bullseye rash on my back. Mm. Uh, I was living in New York. I would go to Connecticut. I would go to the mm. Hamptons. Big yeah. lime yes. places. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, November, I had a bullseye rash on my back. And then January is when all these symptoms popped up. And mm. I only pieced this together in September. Wow. That was four years ago. Wow. And... I got diagnosed with Lyme disease in September, and now everything makes sense because yeah. the last four years I've been on this crazy health journey, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, trying to convince doctors to run more tests. Mm -hmm. Been to you know six doctors, which in the Lyme community that's actually not that much. I've okay. had some people that have said they've been to like forty doctors yeah. and still weren't diagnosed until yeah. like twenty years later. It's it's that's crazy, wild. and the testing is. Crazy, it's really hard to get diagnosed. Um, so, yeah, I, I got diagnosed um, with Hashimoto's first. Mm, okay. That was like the big diagnosis. That was probably two years ago. And for anyone who doesn't know, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune? Autoimmune thyroid disease mm -hmm. with that like affects your thyroid to perform like in the low range, mm -hmm. not the high range. Graves' disease is the autoimmune like hyperthyroidism okay. type mm -hmm. of thing. So, sorry, let me backtrack. First, I was diagnosed with leaky gut, mm. um, mal malnourished, vitamin deficiencies. Um, then I went and got an endoscopy because I was convinced something else was wrong mm -hmm. deeper in my mm -hmm. gut. Came back with flying colors. My doctor said, no, like everything's fine. You looked healthy. You're mm -hmm. fine. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. not okay. Like, help yeah. me. And yeah, so then Hashimoto's was the next diagnosis, probably two years after it all started. And I thought, I figured it out. I yeah. got it. And um, yeah, my gut just told me something else was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I kept researching. I would listen to every podcast, <laughs> any health and wellness podcast. Yeah. I'm like, does anything relate? Like, mm -hmm. is this something I should, re I should research? Yeah. I became obsessed. It yeah. became my life, and I just kind of went into this hole and became kind of a little antisocial because I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't go out to eat with friends. Alcohol was affecting me yeah. in the worst ways, and I just didn't know what to do anymore, and then I finally got diagnosed with Lyme disease, and I feel so relieved mm -hmm. that someone finally figured out what was wrong. Wow, yeah. How do you... I don't know a lot. Like, I think I've only known one person personally that has had Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, because it's such a hard thing to diagnose, yeah. like, what is the actual process of that diagnosis? So, blood testing. Okay. 
But there are markers, like there's markers. markers. Yeah. yeah. But the standard testing through the CDC, the mm-hmm. Center for Disease Control, um, is the Western blot and the ELISA test. Okay. Which aren't that accurate. Mm. So many people come back with false negatives. Yeah. And Lyme disease and the bacteria is so smart that if you've been taking any type of antibiotics or herbs or anything, it knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it goes and hides in your tissue, your lymph, your brain. So these blood tests sometimes aren't accurate because the Lyme isn't circulating in your bloodstream. Yeah. So it comes back negative. Mm -hmm. But if you were to test maybe a few months later, a couple years later, maybe your immune system tanks, um, maybe you'll get a positive diagnosis because it's in your blood and it comes back out once it knows your immune system is down and it comes back out and just starts fighting everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's very hard to diagnose. I had a very close family friend. I grew up in Malibu and she, she got Lyme disease in the nineties, like the very early nineties. And she went through hell because people didn't, believe it. People didn't think it was real. Mm -hmm. Um, and the treatment, right? Not only is the diagnosis really difficult, but that was the nineties. It's still really hard. It's like, it's a hard treatment. There's not a lot out there. Testing and treatments hasn't really changed since the first like breakout of it in the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. And they still been like no progress with it really. So I went through a different lab I went through Igenics okay. testing. Um, they are based out of Palo Alto, I believe. And I think, I don't know, I think they're a privately owned lab company, so mm-hmm. they don't have to go through the CDC. So they have free reign to test so much more than the mm-hmm. CDC mm-hmm. does. And because of that, more people are getting positive, yeah. accurate diagnosis. Yeah. So that's what I went through. And it shows on the test what the CDC would have diagnosed you with. Wow. The CDC said I was negative, but I was fine. Wow. But I had the markers that came up for me for Lyme. Only one of them was the one that the CDC tests. The other three were what Igenix can test. Okay. But then I also was diagnosed with Babesia, which is another co-infection from Lyme. So ticks carry lots of diseases. Mm, They don't just carry Lyme. Yeah. Um, So they can carry like Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, they can carry Bartonella, Babesia, uh, God, I don't even know what else they can carry. They carry a I lot mean, of things. I mean, that's a lot, right? Yeah. No, it yeah. is. And I'm sure as this, like, beautiful, quote, healthy, right, mm-hmm. young woman, it, it, I'm, like you said, it must have felt great to have this information, but how did it also make you feel, you know? Did you feel so, like, alienated? Did you feel alone? Yeah, um... Honestly, I was fine. Yeah. I'm so independent on my mm-hmm. own yeah. that even if it's something that makes me feel alone, I'm kind of like, whatever, I'll figure it out. I'm <laughs> yeah. just, I I'm a Capricorn, it. so goats just kind of keep on moving keep up the mountain. mountain. I was going to ask, and that's like, what's me. your astro sign? <laughs> like, I'm like on the goat on the mountain that's like, I'm good. Like, I'll just keep on going up. <laughs> so, that's good. Yeah, so that's, that's on my, that's a good thing about me. Um. But social media, social yeah. media was honestly the reason why I thought to get tested. Getting tested was my idea. Wow, yeah, that's that's I, interesting. Like you, you really had to be your own advocate, yeah. which I feel like that theme comes up a lot. Um, 
just in in general in medicine, mm-hmm. definitely in my own experience, like trusting well, yeah. that you just because like I'm not saying there's not amazing doctors out there and there are, but mm-hmm. just because a doctor says something or doesn't say something doesn't mean it's accurate or right and that if you feel that something else is going on with you then you're probably right Mm -hmm. like I would say most times nine times out of ten like you got to trust that I had that with my own experience and it took over a year a year and a half to get diagnosed well with your cancer the the she had a bruise on your back for mm-hmm. a year and the first doctor she went to told her to ignore it literally <laughs> oh verbatim. my god i said i went in actually for a vi- like it was a, i guess it it was a winter sort of sickness I, it was a virus but like it hadn't gone away in like three weeks i was like i gotta go make sure this isn't like an infection and my doctor in the practice she who i loved wasn't around. She was like out of town or something. So I was like, I'll see any of the doctors. Like I'm, you know, you know, like I'm really sick and I got to figure this out. And he's like, Oh, just like a really, really bad bugs going around. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'll get over it. But while I'm here, there's this bruise. that's like not going away and it's small, but like, should I be concerned about that? And he, I showed it to him. And he was like, ah, no, it's fine. He's like, it's probably just like maybe a cyst or something, but you can ignore it. Verbatim. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wound up being a really rare form of cancer and like a slow growing tumor that didn't get diagnosed for another year and a half. And like, I had three doctors who didn't know what it was. My personal doctor wound up really taking good notes and like sticking with me on it Mm -hmm. and when she started to get uncomfortable she's like "Mm, I need to send you to a specialist and like but I kept on it with her too because I didn't trust what he had said to me yeah you know so it's just like another thing of that it's like it's amazing that you you sort of had the foresight to take your health into your own hands Mm -hmm. and I know there's a lot of like if you're feeling like shit that's yeah that's motivation right there when you never used to feel like shit exactly so like you and you want to figure out yeah and and not accept that as normal yeah i refused to feel the way i was feeling i knew something was wrong in my gut and if a doctor didn't seem to help me i yeah. just moved on right it was expensive it was worth it mm-hmm. yeah but i'm the one living in my body every single day these yeah. doctors aren't they have a quick 30 minute 30 minutes with you charging you what hundreds of dollars for 30 minutes. If that, if you get 30 minutes. I think the average now is seven minutes. What? They Mm. lose money if they go over seven minutes. It's like the average national. That's what I heard recently. Don't quote me on it. (laughs) My doctor here in LA is incredible. She gives me 30 minutes. (laughs) And sometimes she goes over and doesn't charge the extra five, ten minutes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you got to be your own advocate yeah and that's what I learned and I took it in my own hands I read so many books I listened to so many podcasts I google everything and even if it's not something I'm dealing with if it's a friend too Mm -hmm. I love researching things and I love trying to help people and I love just bringing up different things to talk about so I guess that's in my favor Yeah. yeah you know but yeah, so so now you're diagnosed and you're going through treatment. What was your treatment process like and how has that evolution been in the last four years? So most treatment is antibiotics, but antibiotics actually don't work on Lyme past 
like a month after being bit. Okay. Wow. So the amount of people that are doing antibiotics after years of having it, it's not gonna don't need to. Wow. No, yeah. It's not gonna do anything. That lime's in there. Yeah. The antibiotics for a month is not gonna fix you. It might make you feel a little better, but everyone I've come across that has been on antibiotics for months after being sick for years. Antibiotics end up doing more harm than good, especially mm -hmm. to your gut. Yeah. yeah, right. It's wreaking havoc. Yeah. So, yeah, my doctor, she's integrative, so she's a mix of Western and functional. Mm -hmm. So she gave me the options. She said, you can try antibiotics if you want. I know you. I know you're not going to want to do that. Yeah. I don't think you should do it. Here is another option, which is more holistic, and it was ozone, which would be like ten, the ozone 10 pass, I think. So it's a blood transfusion where they take out small amounts of blood, mm -hmm. spin it in a thing and add like an extra molecule of oxygen or something. Wow. And okay. then they put it back in your body, but they do that 10 times. So it's like you're getting a transfusion with your own blood. Own blood. Okay. Yeah. And the ozone can help like kill the Lyme bacteria. Okay. Um, she gave me that option, but that's very expensive. Yeah. And she gave me some tinctures, which were very expensive. Mm -hmm. And I had tried the tinctures for three days and they just knocked me on my ass. Mm. I was like, who am I right now? This I've never felt this bad. Uh -huh. So I stopped them just cause I was about to go to Italy yeah. for vacation. I just put Lime on the back burner yeah. and just went to go, like went and enjoyed my vacation. And my friend Brooke, who runs um, Everyday Expert, she started an account called The Heel Hive. And she cured herself from Lyme, like very chronic, almost fatal mm. Lyme. Wow. With bee venom therapy. Mm. So I had met her probably six months prior to getting diagnosed, which I think is just like some serendipitous crazy yeah. sign that yeah, this is what I was meant to do. She said, I'm happy to teach you and I won't judge you if you choose not to do it. Everyone right. has their own healing path. And if you want to do a different route, that's totally fine. But I'm here to help you if you want to do yeah. it. So I went to Italy and then I came back and we, I started bee venom therapy. Wow. So yeah, it's been amazing. So how long have you been doing that now? I've been doing bee venom for I think almost eight months. Okay. It's a two to three year protocol. It kills the Lyme bacteria and Babesia and wow. balances out your hormones and fixes mast cell activation syndrome, which is basically like a, just a histamine freak out in your body. Yeah. And bee venom is anti-parasitic, antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory antifungal, antimicrobial, it's nature's antibiotic. Yeah. It's been used since like 400 yeah. BC or something and it's great. You can help people with arthritis, yeah. MS. Yeah, any sort of like inflammation, uh, or, right? Or, okay. uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, yeah. And yeah, so she cured herself. Wow. She's been off of it, off stinging for two, three years now and has no symptoms. Tests come back clean. That's amazing. She, cured her fibromyalgia as well with it. Wow. So yeah. you really do have a concentrated like protocol, but then it's done. Yeah. Okay. Um, how many bees, like, do you have to build up your tolerance? Like how yes. many bees do you sting yourself so with? If you can talk to us about yeah, all what of is, that. Like, what yeah. is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? So for everyone listening, you have to get an EpiPen before I have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, please don't just go sting yourself with bees. <laughs> yeah. Please get an EpiPen and talk to your doctor. 
Um, but yes, so you start with a testing. So you use you take the live bee and you sting in, on either side of your spine. Mm -hmm. So the sides of your spine is a highway of your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So when the venom goes into your spine, it just shoots out to all points of your body and it can find anything that's anywhere. Wow. And so you do a testing in that you leave the stinger in for five, ten seconds. Okay. And then you remove it. And then you wait. And you just make sure everything's okay. No, like, reaction happens. Yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, do your EpiPen and call 911. Yeah. Um, but, and then you start, after that, the next time you sting, you sting three times a week. You do one sting. And you leave the stinger in for 10 to 20 minutes. Mm. And you do that for a week. And I ended up doing one sting for about five weeks mm -hmm. I went slow okay just because a lot was going on in my body yeah. I felt really fatigued the swelling on my back I looked like I had softballs just sticking out of my back from wow. the histamine reaction and the swelling and so you did have some sort of like oh yeah anaphylactic response I mean not like fully but that's like that's is, is just that, like a that... reaction yeah like and a histamine like a, smaller allergic yeah. reaction yeah yeah like nothing within my throat yeah okay Next. that's that's, that's but just so having like venom in your body yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um and it's basically waking up your immune system so you right. want that to happen yeah that's yeah a, that's a good sign that your immune system is awake it's going, and it's yeah, waking. There. yeah some people i know sting and nothing happens to their back wow. so their immune system is a little shut down but I mean the venom's still working yeah it's just like the immune system's not fully awake okay. so yeah then you work your way up to 10 stings mm. in each session so wow. I'm at 10 I've been at 10 for a couple months now I think I reached 10 at five months okay and yeah you can list the beautiful thing about bee venom is you do it in your own home yeah you're in control of your treatment do you do it to yourself I do it to myself how do you do it on your own do you still do it on your back yeah how do you do that? So you reach in. I have a small container called a bee yeah. buddy. It has a plexiglass sliding door on it, and my bees live in there, and there's a queen bee pheromone stick, wow. so okay. they think it's their hive. So they just live in there, and they huddle around the queen, the fake queen, <laughs> protecting her. Yeah. I can let them out if I want in, outside, and they'll come back wow. just because they think that's their hive. So you reach in, they're pretty calm, you reach in with a tweezer and then you grab it by its head and her stinger will be against your thumbnail. Okay. Can't sting a thumb. Right. So you hold her and then you reach back. I use a mirror and mm. I sting oh, next to my spine. Wow. For my upper back, I use reverse tweezers. So they're, how does it work? When you pinch them, they open and then when you release the tweezers, it closes, okay. so you, you don't have to like constantly Hold be it. holding it. So it just reverses around her. And then um, I use that for my upper back because my shoulders can't, <laughs> aren't that flexible anymore. That's amazing. It yeah. is. It really is. It's crazy. There's a lot of people out there that I'm sure are mad yeah, that I'm using cause, bees. Because bees have to. Bees die if yeah. they sting. Yeah, bees yeah. only have a one-time stinger. Yeah. Wasps, on the other hand, can just sting as many times they want. They're yeah. just the assholes Those of damn the flying wasps. community. Yeah. Um, but my awareness for bees yeah. now, 
my appreciation for mm -hmm. them. I try to treat each session as some sort of sacred ceremony yeah. in a way. I thank every bee I use. I love bees. Yeah. I see them out now. I'm yeah. like, hi, bees. <laughs> There's a bee out there right now where it's like, I used to be scared of bees, but now every time I see one, I'm like, hey, bee, do you need some water? Do you want to use my car? Do you need a place to rest? I'm like, that is me. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. And it's like, in a way, it's opened up probably oh your I, love for I them. love them. Yeah. I see, like, a picture of them. I'm just like, bees. Like, I love them now and you know yeah I, I am using them for treatment and I am basically having them yeah. sacrifice right. each life for me they're doing something good for someone yeah, yeah. and in the long run I'm gonna want to start my own hive oh. I love supporting local beekeepers now yeah. I'm all for the bees yeah and yay bees well we have bee I was gonna say beekeepers naturals is one of our sponsors Carly so yeah we love I love them too. best honey um, best Pond, best everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're no, I like fans. only use their stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think it is, you know, I think there's so much judgment in anything people choose to do, but you know, you're using these bees to heal yourself. Mm. And like you said, it is yeah. this beautiful ceremony and it's not a mindless. Yeah, I'm not act. just like, yeah. give me the bees. Right. <laughs> and think about how much, I mean, not everybody, I'm sure there are plenty of non-animal um, consumers listening, but plenty of us, or I, the way we mindlessly eat and consume animal products in general, I mean, I eat meat, I but I try to have created a more mindful mm -hmm. sort of sourcing and practice when I choose to do that, to yeah. like have that awareness. But it's like, there's so many sort of, sort of animal sacrifices yeah. for us and and the fact that you're doing it so mindfully is is so nice and so and like hearing the appreciation for that mm -hmm. I mean it's like think about how we don't even do that and there's like a piece of chicken on our plate yeah you know what I mean yeah some people try to and but. if anyone out there wants to help the bees stop buying things that use pesticides yeah that's the main killer of <laughs> right. the bees yeah right yeah there's like a nicotine like substance in some of these pesticides and they get addicted yeah. to it so they keep going back to those plants but it's poisonous it's poisonous and so they pollinate these trees and flowers and things that have these pesticides on them because they're addicted to mm -hmm. it and then it it totally destroys their nervous system so then they get lost they can't find their hive a bee can't just go into any hive it finds no. they know right. like you don't have the smell of our queen bee, so they kick it out. And a bee can't last more than 24 hours without its hive. So, yeah. don't, don't attack me for this. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Stop yeah. using pesticides. No, <laughs> no. it's no. true. Like, like yeah. have, have some perspective of yeah. that. Yeah. And where do you get the bees? How do you how So do you I recently them? found a local beekeeper. He's in Topanga. Oh, He's wow. been helping me supply my bees. I actually went by He's one of his... He's your bee dealer. He's my bee dealer. <laughs> I met him at an event. He was doing a honey tasting and I mentioned something. I was like talking about my love for bees and then I mentioned how I use them. He's like, whoa, no way. I have bees if you need bees. I have like thousands of bees. Yeah. And yeah, but before that I was getting them shipped from another beekeeper in, I think they're in South Carolina wow. or something. So yeah, you can get them overnight or two day express mail. Wow. Yeah. Who knew you could mail bees? Yes. <laughs> mail bees. You can mail bees, yeah. So this is your main form of that's, treatment now. That's my only form of treatment. So and that's incredible. And you feel so much better. Yeah. yeah. Ever since I started 
brain fog and fatigue were my main symptom. I had every day, multiple hours a day. I model full time. So being on set and feeling like I have the blinders on and I'm just in my own world and have no personality, that's not good. No one's going to book me again (laughs) because I'm like in another, like on another (laughs) planet and can't talk. So it was really starting to affect my life and my personality and my work. And since I started, I haven't had that. I haven't had any brain fog or fatigue. That's incredible. That's awesome. Since like after the first six weeks right. of starting it, because that Once was gnarly. Um, yeah, I was actually just shooting up in Portland, and where we were shooting, I think, had mold. Mm. And mold with any sort of illness is just awful, especially yeah. Lyme. So it basically puts a like shell around mm. the Lyme bacteria. Okay. So if you're living in mold and you're doing Lyme treatment, you're not going to get better at mm. all. So you need to get your home tested, everything tested to make sure you're mold-free. And where I was shooting, I could just tell. And within four hours of being in there, I had a massive headache. Wow. I never get headaches. Mm-hmm. So fatigued. Just major brain fog for two days. And I came back, and I did my coffee enema. I did my infrared sauna. I was doing charcoal. Mm. I'm trying to like detox it out and get it out. And the joint pain, joint pain was never really an issue of mine. The joint pain I had in my wrist shooting up to my elbow and then wow. like into my shoulder and my knees were hurting all within two days. Of, fine now. Of being in the mold of being in the mold. And that was the first time I realized, whoa, I've come a long way. That's how I felt every day for four wow. years. I have so many good days now the last eight months that That's... it really kind of put things in perspective and made mm. me super appreciative of how far I've come. So it's so easy to think did I, was I really that bad? This is how I've been feeling. Right, because you sort of normalize it, especially yeah. when it's like in memory. Yeah. And you do have a new normal now, which is awesome. Yeah. But, but like I a keep, little reminder of that. Yeah. Old, yes. You kind of need those. Yeah. To realize how far you've come. Yeah. And I keep a journal kind of symptoms or how I've been feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking back on those and kind of realizing, wow, I had all these things every day. Yeah. No, I don't really. Do you feel like the digestive stuff that you were going through that came on in New York... Um, was related to what was going on in your... I mean, obviously it was related, but, like, to what was going on in your body. Those were the early days of yeah. the bullseye, but yeah. you didn't realize, like, didn't the realize. correlation. Okay. Yeah. Um, so something was, like, freaking out. Yeah, so Lyme had, like, one of the other symptoms is gut dysfunction, yeah. gut yeah. disorder, like, All food intolerances, food sensitivities. That's what I was going through. I did every elimination diet mm. just to try to get some sort of hold on mm. what I was doing. And those work, but you really want to live your life not eating onion and garlic forever. Like, right. you got to find why you can't have that. Exactly. So, yeah, my gut's been a lot better. I bloat, like, so much less now. Mm. I honestly bloat if I just eat too much, which is a nice, <laughs> that's nice. normal. Like, that's why, yeah. right, like, that's why you do bloat. Yeah. Not just like, like, oh, I'm that. really full because yeah. I ate a lot. Yeah. And so what does your, like, diet or your food choices primarily look like? Like, how do you eat most of the time now to I feel eat, your best? It's like a mix of, like, plant-based and paleo. Mm-hmm. I stay away when I can. Um, grains and legumes. I try not to be too restrictive anymore mm, because yeah. the last four years I've been psycho over my yeah. diet and it just really kind of, I think, was its own eating disorder and its mm-hmm. own way, even though it was healthy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mainly just eat a lot of vegetables, 
avocados, fats, nuts, really high quality animal protein. Mm -hmm. But I treat my animal protein as a side. Mm -hmm. And my main, the whole plate is mainly vegetables. Yeah. Um, and fats. That's what and Dr. Hyman, Dr. Mark Hyman calls pegan. Yeah. Which is like treating your, if you do eat animal products, treating it as like a condiment and yeah. not like the main, yeah. the main star of your dish. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be the main star of the yeah. plate. I think small amounts is good. Yeah. And yeah, I mainly have animal protein at least once a day, sometimes twice, mm. but small portions. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm a foodie. I yeah. Love food <laughs> yesterday Same. I was in Encinitas and there's this place called Nectarine Grove and it's paleo organic just heaven and I got like paleo waffles Ooh, and um, paleo breakfast sandwich like I felt like I was eating a normal freaking meal <laughs> yeah. a normal person <laughs> and it was just so nice I like I ordered almost everything on the That's <laughs> so I freaked out. I'm like, I gotta try everything. everything I wanna bite. Yeah. They have a great little um like sort of health conscious community down there. Nancy yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause There's we've so got many, like cute, healthy like little restaurant cafes. cafes. Yeah. That and do, we've like, done um, paleo options which a couple uh podcasts. Wow. Robert Yang and also um Sharon, Sharon Brown, Brown. Bonafide provision. Yes. They're both headed out of Encinita, so we got to like field trip down there couple a couple times. times. I love it down there. <laughs> yes. Well, we always say, like, sorry, tangent, <laughs> Southern California geography. I know. <laughs> um, it's like you go over sort of as you're going down towards San Diego, and it's like just you can breathe in a different mm -hmm. way. The air, everything. Yeah. Just like we spend a lot of, my boyfriend and I spend a lot of time in Santa Barbara. Mm, yeah, I love the weekends. Right it's just breath of fresh air it just is. to get out of LA for the weekend. Yeah. Go be in nature. Totally. And just gorgeous. be out of this craziness. We're, we're like going on a, a how beautiful Southern California yeah. tangent is. Um, and so when you do indulge, like you mentioned, you mm -hmm. ordered like everything at the, at the, <laughs> at the panel, you know, yeah. but what, what do indulgences look like for you? Do you drink alcohol? Like how is your relationship with that? You know, like when you want just like a piece of pizza, does that mm -hmm. happen or a glass of wine? Yeah. So lately, I mean, it's tough because with bee venom, I'm supposed to be pretty careful with my diet. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm not supposed to eat too many things that are high histamine or right. not drink too much alcohol. It can cause different reactions to happen. So I mainly have maybe right now two glasses of alcohol a month. Okay. Mm. I just, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. yeah doesn't really do much for me yeah it's fun once in a while I had a wedding a couple weeks ago and yeah took shots of tequila <laughs> it was fun and I made sure to take my NAC or like glutathione after to make yeah. sure like I can process it all but I mean yeah I'll have a couple sips of alcohol mm -hmm. here and there it's not my thing anymore mm -hmm. it used to be mm -hmm. I used to love to go out and drink um desserts I'm a huge dessert person so finding like pressed juice freeze yeah. is one Love of my it. favorite. Had that last night. Love yeah. It. Kippy's ice cream in Venice, mm -hmm. like coconut based yeah. ice cream, gingers in Culver City, <laughs> ice cream. Yes, <laughs> I like ice cream. Ice cream spot in every neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but I try to be mindful about them and ask myself, do I really want this? Yeah. Or is it just me being in this kind of comfort zone of 
well, every night I have dessert. I should have dessert. Yeah. No, I should ask myself, do I actually want it? Right. Exactly. You know, I've been tuning into that a lot more. Same with any type of food. Yeah. My boyfriend ordered Fresh Brothers pizza a few days ago. <laughs> I haven't had it in so long. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try a couple bites. It didn't do it for me. Yeah. It's interesting how that changes, doesn't it? Just, it just, I... I'm a pizza queen. Like, I have pizza clothing. I have a pizza onesie. I have pizza earrings. I have a pizza bathing suit. I love pizza, but I honestly love cauliflower crust pizza now. Yeah. It's as crazy as that is, but I make such good pizza at home now. That that's I what love fulfills that's what me. Want. I don't yeah. really need like greasy, yummy, normal pizza. Well, and like, I think that's so great, A couple bites though. here and there. I mean, side yeah. note, when I was in Italy, yes. Of course. Hell that's no, a, I'm not eating gluten-free or cauliflower crust pizza yeah. in no, Italy. No, of course. I indulge there. But I think that's such a great... Honestly, it's so great to hear how, like, not... Like, it's not that your meal plan is restrictive. Yeah. It's just what's working for you. Like you don't. It's just genuinely what restrictive at all. Fulfills me exactly. I love fruits and veggies. <laughs> I love eating clean and yeah. real food. Like I don't want processed stuff anymore. Exactly. And that's just how it is. That's not me being crazy about it anymore. At least. I'm sure well, certain people would be like, whoa, how do you do that? <laughs> no, but like you mentioned before, there was a time, right, where like yeah. wellness can be very like healthy can just be wellness a can be very unhealthy <laughs> yeah like, we're actually doing an episode about like the dark side of wellness yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, but it I, totally is one yeah. because yeah. it can just be you know a mask for an eating disorder mm -hmm. but the way you're talking is is the opposite mm -hmm. of restrictive it's just what you want to eat yeah. when you want to eat it and it wasn't always this easy for yeah. me to tune in and ask myself do i actually want this well also getting a diagnosis yeah. and realizing okay something is wrong yeah i'm not crazy Right. But now I know how to fix it so I can relax a little in all yeah. the other areas of exactly. my life that I was just white knuckling. Trying yeah. everything. Trying to fix it in I other was ways. trying to figure it out. Yeah. And food was with my schedule with modeling. I'm I don't know, I'm not in control of my time at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm on my agent's call basically. They yeah. say, Oh, you have to go to London in four days. I'm mm. like, Whoa, okay, that's a huge shift. Yeah. So food for me was the only thing in my life that I could control. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to dive right in and just control food to every little thing, every little ingredient. And now that I have a diagnosis, I'm like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. I can chill. Can breathe a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I like I genuinely enjoy real food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what advice would you give for anybody listening who maybe still is struggling with figuring out, you know, like what foods work for them, you know, trying to figure out how to feel better. What are some like places, right, that they can start? Because it can be really hard and overwhelming and so much can be so expensive, right? Like oh, yeah. organic food versus what it's, it's a very expensive industry as well, right? Yeah. So what advice do you have for anyone on like places to start or how they can start tuning in to listen to their own voice? First off, just tune out the noise from keto, paleo, paleo, mm. whole 30, like just tune it out, mm -hmm. focus on you and what makes your body feel good. Every single person is different. We all have a different yeah. genetic makeup. Whole 30 may work for someone. It may not work for someone else. Yeah. Celery juice may work for someone. It may not work <laughs> for someone else. Just tune in, put the blinders on and tune in, mm. eat real whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. That is the easiest place to start. If you can't afford organic, 
do the dirty dozen. Yeah. Figure out what are the right. top things that have pesticides, like berries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely need to be organic. organic if you Such can. thin skin, they're just absorbing all the pesticides in the liquid. It's yeah. just a pesticide-filled strawberry. Yeah. So just tune out the noise, do the dirty dozen, eat real food, take digestive digestive enzymes, research, like yeah. use Google. We have so yeah. much information at the tip of our fingertips that it's I get so many people that ask me questions. I'm like, well, look it I, up. I had like, look it up. <laughs> yeah. That's what I had to do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like not to be mean, but like I didn't have someone on Instagram no. to DM and say, Hey, right. I'm having all these symptoms. What should I do? Like I had to Google every single symptom and try to see if there's any Yeah. Connection. And that person on Instagram might not know what's best yeah. for you. Right. Their and advice people on Instagram people. are not doctors. <laughs> and even we're here talking about the fact that like sometimes doctors, yeah. Oftentimes doctors yeah. don't have the answer all the time or, yeah. you know, yeah. or may give you a piece of advice that's not right for you. So like, especially if you're not yeah. a doctor, yeah. especially if you're just somebody on Instagram, I'm not saying that people don't have like a wealth of knowledge mm -hmm. and you've done so much work for yourself because yeah. you wanted to and yeah. you had to. And, and so you may be a great resource for, you are a great resource for many people and that's probably why you've had such traction with it because, because mm -hmm. people respond to that, you yeah. know? Um, but that being said, like we sort of live in this world now, you know, we recently went to an event where Max Lugavere was speaking and we touched on the topic a little bit of, you know, we do sort of have to be our own doctors mm -hmm. And we go, went from like a generation, or at least I think our grandparents' generation, which was like, these are the experts. It's in their hands, and they know better than I know. I don't have a right to know because I'm not educated in this. But like that, that pendulum has had to swing because as a nation, we've just gotten sicker and sicker and sicker. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there aren't, like I said, this is not to negate the amazing work that a lot of medical professionals are doing, especially in like the functional medicine movement and stuff yeah. like that. But it's also putting the power back into the hands a little bit of the individual, mm -hmm. which is something that you've done. But it takes a lot of work, and a lot of people work. like don't either have the resources or, or the time. They're too busy as they're working. Exactly. You know? And so it's like it's great to have people that you trust, and that's always like a nice starting point. But then, I'm, I don't know if it's like unfortunate or fortunate. Maybe there's good sides, good and bad side to it. But I think it's like we are now at a time where we have to take the responsibility in our, in Absolutely. our own hands. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So thank yeah. you for sharing that part of your story yeah. too. Thanks. Cause I think yeah. it's a good, yeah. I just think we have to be our own health advocates yeah. and I don't know. It's tough. A lot of it people don't know how to do that. No. Yeah. And, and then no one teaches you how no to do it. No one teaches you how to do that. You just kind of fall into it. So, yeah, you got to research a lot and yeah. go from doctor to doctor until someone kind of connects with you. Yeah. I'm so lucky. Like, I love my doctor. Yeah, I, yeah, I go I and see her now. I'm like, ooh, yay. Like, what yeah. are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> and if you are going from doctor to doctor, keep a list of everything. Yes. Go in with your list. If you only have seven minutes, yeah. you want to make the most of that seven minutes. So I go in with symptoms, questions, yeah. possible tests that I want to do. That's great I make advice. sure that I have my notes that I can 
ask her certain questions. That way you get in there and you're kind of like, oh no. Yeah. Why am I here again? Yeah. Is all that stuff actually happening? And so I just write down everything I want to talk to her about. And if you have a good doctor, they'll listen. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll say, cool, yeah, I think let's try this test first yeah, and yeah. see how that comes back. That's what she does with me. And she, I can tell she's so appreciative of all the research I personally do right. yeah. for myself because she can say things and she's like, you kind of know what I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. So yeah. that's great. It's like you guys work as a team. She says like, there's no desk in between us. Don't, don't see the desk in between yeah. us. We are on the same team. I'm here to help you. Anything you want to do, I will help you do it. And I went to her and said, I want to do bee venom therapy. And she's a doctor. She knows, like, she's not going to make a dime out of that. Yeah. She said, okay, I'm here to help you. It's I'm incredible. I'm here to support you. Look over it. Um, and That's she's an amazing so supportive. And yeah. I had to get an EpiPen through her. And I've had so many people reach out and say, my doctor won't give me an EpiPen. Mm. And, um, you know, you have to kind of just say, hey, I'm going to start working with bees and I'm allergic. I need an EpiPen. Right. Yeah. And she, thankfully, was just like, yep. Whatever you need. Here you go. Yeah. And, and that's I think a good doctor. That is like, a good doctor. And and I love that we don't have to be bound to one doctor, especially, right, if you have insurance. Like, I, I had this experience when I was looking for a therapist, right? Like, it took me three therapists mm-hmm. to find the therapist that is, like, my, yeah, my right human. And it wasn't, you know, but... I wasn't, if someone hadn't told me that, I would have gone into my first therapy session and been like, I'm never going to therapy yeah. again. This woman did not vibe with me. She made faces at my first session, oh my God. which was so horrifying regardless. But if no one had told me, you're going to need to shop around, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have been like, I'm She's done. I don't, that's you know, just. You got to take for a little test drive first yeah, and exactly. then say, all right, But that's why like. if your doctor is not giving you an EpiPen or you go on your insurance website and you can find a list of doctors mm-hmm. in your area, yeah. it's actually not that difficult. And then you can go shop yeah. <laughs> for who your perfect person yeah. is going to be. And then if anyone is out there does have Lyme and they are in a position where they don't feel like with the right doctor or their mm-hmm. doctor isn't doing the correct things there is the ILADS website so I-L-A-D-S that okay. finds you a Lyme literate doctor wow. in your area I um, don't think all of them are functional so if you are looking for one that's functional you'll probably have to search through a couple mm-hmm. but with Lyme I would definitely go more functional and integrative than yeah. western just because different treatment options and everything yeah and so you know since you're a life, right, you share so much of your life on Instagram (laughs) and you're so like open, what, and and you're taking such great care of your health, right? Like it's almost like a second full-time job. Absolutely. (laughs) So what does self-care look like for you? You know, and I know self-care is like sometimes an eye-rolly word, but it Mm -hmm. can be really important. So anything. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what does self-care look like for you amidst your very busy very public life right yeah. now. Uh, Epsom salt baths, mm-hmm. infrared saunas. I've got my own infrared sauna at oh, home, nice. like a little dome that I go in because I have to do them so often with this treatment. Um, just, just anything I can do for myself. Yeah. Like I know self-care is kind of self-explanatory, but even if it's five minutes of just sitting in my car before I go somewhere and just closing my eyes and deep breathing or doing alternate nostril breathing that's uh-huh. my favorite mm. way to kind of reset my nervous system legs up the wall for 10 minutes that's yeah. self-care to me saying no is self-care to me staying home mm-hmm. is self-care to me 
going out with friends is self-care and me yeah. having fun. Like it doesn't have to all be like yeah. meditating and right. baths and yoga. It can be going out and having fun with your friends. Yeah. It's good for your soul. Yeah. So I do all day is self-care for me, basically. Just That's awesome. basking in the sun for a yes. couple minutes when I'm out with my dog. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Being with my dog is self-care. Like I treat everything as self-care, I guess. That's amazing. That's great. That's a great way to live. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for you? Oh now boy. you have this, I know, it's like a big open-ended question. So you have this sort of wellness platform that's grown, mm-hmm. especially through your health journey, plus you're a full-time model as well. Do you have any, like now that this sort of like wellness platform that you have is a big part of your life, do you have any sort of goals with it or are you, are you fine and like content just kind of in the day-to-day moment to moment what do you see for like the next phase of it for yourself I'm somewhat content with how it is at the moment but I know that's not how I want Mm. to be forever Mm -hmm. I don't want to be only an influencer if Mm -hmm. that's what I'm called I mean it is but um I want to diversify I want to get out of Instagram I want to do other things maybe it's some sort of product or Mm -hmm. my own little shop or Mm -hmm. My own little educational ebook thing yeah. or something. Like my newest thing I'm totally obsessed with is your pelvic floor. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. I think we, I think I saw your post about yeah. the uh, diastasis what is it called? Diastasis recti. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I started pushing my fingers in my stomach and I was like, I can't tell, I can't tell. <laughs> that needs to be its own podcast <laughs> interview in itself. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed and how it's not talked about. Um, but Engaging your pelvic floor, I'm obsessed. So yeah. I don't know if I want to. Two days ago, I was like, I'm gonna get certified in pre and postnatal <laughs> exercises. I don't want to train people, but I just want to know more so I can educate people. Yes. Who knows? Maybe I'll come out with a thing about that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, it is really important, actually, even beyond the like pre and postnatal. And you're talking about it's really known within like the postpartum yeah. community. Everyone can it get happens. it. Yeah. But my friend's mom is like the head of physical therapy um, at a hospital in New Jersey. And her kind of specialty is pelvic floor muscles because later in life too, so many people develop the superficial um, muscles on our pelvic floor. But if we don't have like that deep connection, and in yoga they talk a lot about that. Um, But it leads to both for men and women incontinence. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Can't be fun. Sorry, TMI, but like I can barely go on a trampoline anymore without like, <laughs> you know, yeah, leaking like, a little. I'm like, okay, I need to work on my pelvic floor. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's oh, so important. Let's start working on our pelvic floor. Yeah. Oh my god, everyone, everyone <laughs> listening, work on your pelvic floor muscles. Do your kegels. Yeah. Do your deep breathing. And that's. It's not just for women, it's for dudes too. For yeah. women too. Yeah. Kids, you can yeah. be born with it and it never heals. Like wow. anyone can get it. It's not just pregnant women. Wow. Which is the crazy thing. I've never been pregnant and I have it. Uh, and it's not talked about. It's not talked yeah. about. I've started to find some counts that Talk do some good stuff okay. on it. But yeah, I don't know. The options are endless for what's next right. for Wealthy Valley. Well, that's exciting. Stuff is in the works. I'm trying to figure it all out, but... It's well, exciting. In, maybe next year you come on and talk about yeah. your pelvic floor work. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. When we finish sort of like wrap up our episodes, we always ask our guests, do you have any, and this can be like re- relating to your health journey or just like your life in general, do you have any books that you would recommend? Um, I'm sure there are many. Oh, but man. <laughs> But that have felt particularly, one or two that have felt particularly sort of 
important to you? Um, woman code mm -hmm. for just hormones and periods because mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's talked about as a kid no. or a woman really that yeah. much. The different cycles you have. There's four different cycles within a Is period. Is that Alyssa Vitti? Or yeah. 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 Her book, it was great. Mm -hmm. um, that I highly recommend just as a woman mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Just to understand your body. Yeah. And, oh boy, I mean, for my Lyme people, <laughs> if you're into conspiracy theories and stuff, I just read Bitten. Okay. Mm. It's basically how Lyme was created as a bioweapon wow. in the 60s. Wow. Or like, and like I'm the, totally into yeah. conspiracy theories. Oh my God. <laughs> and like during the Cold War. Wow. And yeah, how the military was basically doing like tick drop bombs over like Cuba and other countries to try to take out the agriculture workers and townspeople so that like an attack would be easier because people would be sick for months. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wild. I'm going to look into that. Um, that's so fascinating. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. Well, yeah. thank you so much again. And for anybody who doesn't already follow you on the internet, where can everyone find you online? So I'm at Wealthy Belly, W-E-L-L-T-H-Y, Belly, on Instagram. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I'm just Great. on Instagram. <laughs> that's okay. Come on over. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you so guys. much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.